out there in podcast land, you have set your dial to Combat Sports with Rhino, your first best and only all-encompassing podcast where we cover everything in the landscape of combat sports. We're talking MMA, we talk boxing, we talk Muay Thai, we talk kickboxing, we just talk about it all. So, we are now on our episode 18 of the show. I can't believe how the weeks are flying by. They seem to be going a lot slower lately for me, as I'm sure they are for everybody else. Uh, To the surprise of almost no one, UFC 249 was canceled. Um, Again, I didn't didn't think we had a fucking ice cube chance in hell of it actually going off. A little bit of part of me was kind of hoping for it. I know a lot of you were feeling the same way, but... Yeah, you know, cooler heads prevailed. The right thing was done. Uh, as long as the coronavirus is still as as prevalent as it is across the world, there's no surefire way to keep everybody safe. So I think I think they made the right move. So that's where we're at right now, I guess, with news as far as the uh, MMA landscape of things. So what we're going to do today is we're going to go ahead and we'll uh, we're going to have our Q and A's with my Twitter question reader Drea. Then we are going to lead into an amazing interview I have with super hot prospect in the LFA 135er Justin Wessel. He was super forthcoming, really engaging, incredibly articulate. What a great guy to talk to. So uh, before we get to that, we're going to go ahead and dive right into our Q and A section. So Drea, I know our first question comes from our big homie Cyrus King at Cyrus King. And what does Cyrus have for us this week? Cyrus says, with UFC 249 getting canceled and with all events getting canceled indefinitely at first, now they're saying maybe May with Fight Island. Do you think Disney would even allow a Fight Island scenario? Here's the thing about Disney. Disney, who, you know, the parent company of ESPN, they... They, they don't own the UFC. The UFC is not owned by Disney, but Disney does play a part in their broadcasting, right? So do they have a voice in this thing? Sure, they do. Um, I don't think that it's a loud enough voice to where if Dana secures this island and they kind of assure everyone that they're taking every safety precaution that they possibly can, I don't know if Disney is going to be the deciding factor of if this doesn't happen or not, I, I, again, I find it very hard to believe this is actually going to get pulled off, but, um, you know, Disney is also, you got to remember, Disney's also a business. And if they could, you know, be convinced that they could have this big revenue stream come in without looking like the bad guys or without looking like they didn't care, um, about the situation that's going on in the world, I think they might just kind of stay kind of quiet on this one. So yeah, I don't think Disney is going to be the, uh, deciding factor on whether this one goes off or not. So, uh, Cyrus, once again, man, thank you so much for your question. You bring the fire every week and I really appreciate you, brother. Uh, the next one comes from our homie Antonio Pineda and hey, Andrea, what does Antonio have us for us today? Antonio says, my brother Rhino, I'm really curious, in your opinion, who is the GOAT in heavyweight kickboxing? Hope you have a nice Easter, stay safe, and a big hug for my sweet sister, Drea. Thank you, Antonio. Antonio, (laughs) what a sweetheart, man. We love having you on every week that you can participate, brother. Uh, To me, the heavyweight kickboxing GOAT of all time is my man, Rico Verhoeven. Uh, You want to talk about of the all-time kickboxing guys? especially the heavyweight division, Rico Verhoeven is what I would build if I had to build somebody in a lab. He is the prototype, six foot five, 265 of rip, no weaknesses, great fucking kicks, punches, chin, attitude, work ethic, everything. In the ring, out of the ring, the dude is a fucking great 
person, dude. He has some of the best, and I try to follow him. He has some of the best techniques as far as countering and avoiding damage that I've ever seen in, in pro kickboxing. I know he fights under K1 rules, and I know there could be a case to be made. Well, well, it's not really, it's not Muay Thai, it's not this, it's not Sancho or whatever the fuck, but in K1 rules, Rico Verhoeven is the best kickboxer I've ever seen in the heavyweight division. And not only that, he is he's someone you can kind of be a fan of, right? He doesn't have he doesn't have out of the ring problems. He's not an asshole. He's not been arrested a bunch of times. He's a family man. Uh, he's doing parts in movies. He's a huge star in the Netherlands, which is his home country. So yeah, for me, it is one hundred percent Rico Verhoeven uh, all day. So thank you so much, Antonio, for that. Uh, our third question comes from I believe he's a new question. Uh, Jason at Jason Scott Adams, and uh, what did Jason have for us today, Drea? He asks, Ben Askren recently asked on Twitter if we thought Daniel Cormier would make a good replacement for Dana White as UFC president. I think he would make a great choice as the face of MMA. Would you like to see, who would you like to see in that position, hypothetically? Um, For me, it's, it's, I, I think, first of all, let me say this. DC would make a great president of the UFC. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. We've we've been shown over time what a great commentator he is, what a great mind he has for MMA. We all know about his wrestling acclimate, so the, you know he'd have that part all the way down, and he, he's still got a huge name in the wrestling community. There is no way, shape, or form that I see Dana White going anywhere for at least another decade, if not more. Um, this is his baby. This is Dana White. He's been there since the inception of when it became what it is now. And there is no rhyme or reason where I see him leaving. However, should he have to leave or, you know, God forbid something happens and he has to be gone, I think DC would make an excellent president and I would absolutely sign off on him making the right decisions to keep the company moving forward. Um, I really like DC. I think he's an incredibly, incredibly smart guy and he knows his shit. So, yeah, I would totally co-sign on DC becoming the president. I just don't see Dana ever taking his fingers off the neck of this company. So thank you so much, Jason, for writing in and your kind words on Twitter, man. Don't think I don't notice them. I really appreciate it, brother. So uh, our next question comes from our both of our homie, Ryan, at Mixed the Man. And what did Ryan – this is a really good question, actually. What did Ryan have for us today, Drea? Ryan asks, who are five relatively unknown fighters that you say, see making a big splash in the UFC? So I had to kind of I had to kind of pivot on this one a little bit. I don't think there are five unknown people. You know what I'm saying? That you know that nobody knows about, you know, some regional scene that nobody really knows. I don't know, I don't think there has I don't think there is that out there right now. What I did was I picked five fighters who are already in the UFC, who, you know, people who watch the UFC very regularly know their name, but not everybody knows everything about them. And I also picked one Bellator fighter who I think is for sure going to be coming over to the UFC in the next few years and going to make a huge splash and a shot at the title will come along with that as well. So first, who I'm talking about, AJ McKee. Every time anybody asks what a, what a non- 
what non-UFC fighter you like to see fight in the UFC, I always pick him. This kid has every tool in the toolbox to use. He is flashy. He is strong. He is rangy. He's good on the feet. He's good on the ground. He's got the right amount of confidence. I think AJ McKee will come over to the UFC at some point and really make some fucking waves. Uh, next would be the Austrian Wonder Boy, Ismail Nardiev. Um, Again, young upstart. I really, really like this kid. Yeah, he's got an L or two, you know, but I really I see the potential in him. So he would be in my next one, would be the Austrian Wonder Boyle. Wonder Boyle? Yeah. Ismail Nardia. Uh, next would be Edmund Shabazian. As long as he gets rid of the other Edmund as his coach, I see this kid being able to go really, really far in the UFC. Uh, next would be Tatiana Suarez. I mean, I, as I call her, the female Habib. This this woman can take everybody down seemingly, can maintain top position and pound, ground and pound the fuck out of everybody. So, yeah, I think Tatiana Suarez in the next couple of years is going to be a champ or at least compete for a champ. And then last one was kind of a kind of hard for me to do. So Bryce Mitchell is somebody that we've all, you know, we all see on Twitter pretty regularly. He's been on Theo Vaughn's podcast. You know, he had that terrible incident where he cut his nuts with that power tool. Um, he says a lot of weird, crazy stuff, but you know who else did as I thought about it? Diego Sanchez used to say weird and crazy stuff. And then Tony Ferguson says a lot of weird and crazy stuff. So I shouldn't, I shouldn't let that negate my opinion of what I think he could do progressing in his career. The kid is a really, really tough fighter. Uh, again, I, I think he's still undefeated. Uh, I think he can really make some waves down the road. So just to uh, finish that up, AJ McKee, Ismail Nardiev, Edmund Shabazian, Tatiana Suarez, and Bryce Mitchell. And Ryan, thank you so much for including that question in this week's episode. We appreciate you, brother. We hope you're holding down Minnesota. And now we're going to move into one of our favorite segments of the show, Drea's Drop of the Night. Drea, what is your Drop of the Night for this week's episode of Combat Sports and Rhino? Okay, so with not having current live fights to choose from, I have been trying to find some awesome drops that are that you might not be familiar with. So with that being said, I got to shout out today's guest, Justin Wetzel, for his fucking awesome KO finish of Michael Aquila just a few months ago on LFA 79. Uh, so at the beginning of the first round, his opponent attempted a back kick. He tried to spin out of it. And when he did, jo Justin caught him with this left on the chin that dropped him put him out in just 21 seconds of the first round it was fucking awesome so justin <laughs> so justin thank you for that wonderful display of the mma violence that we love so much yes. uh, and if for those of you that didn't catch that lfa fight uh, i will post a, a link on our twitter show post for you guys to check it out yeah, that sounds great. For those of you who have not seen Justin Wetzel, this is a great introduction for you to check him out. It's a it's a beautiful drop of the night. So that was a great one to pick. A big shout out to Justin as well. Drea, thank you so much for joining us again this week. We really, really appreciate you coming on and being the Twitter question reading aficionado that you are. And we really appreciate you. And thank you so much. And we will Thanks. talk to you next week. All right. See you next week. You got it. Bye. Bye-bye. So now we are going to move into our call-in section where we got my main man, Big Jim Soon, and D-Rays. What does Jim Soon have for us this week? What's going on, you bunch of fucking quarantine casuals? Hope everyone's doing good in these whacked-out times we're going through, but any day above ground's a good day, right? Well, my question for you is, what do you think the chances are that we get Connor 
could be when we come back. Or do you really think that we're going to do Tony first? I want Tony as much as everybody else, but I got a feeling Dana's going to try and weasel Connor and Khabib first. I don't know why I just get that bad feeling. That's my question for you, buddy. Keep up the great work. Again, thank you so much for the content. We love getting some content. Have a great day. Be safe. It's always 420. Peace. The big homie, Jim Massoon. You know, something was a little bit off last week, and I figured out what it was. I didn't get a Jim Massoon call in last week, so I am so appreciative to have you on this week, my man. Uh, no, Jim, I really don't think Dana is going to pull the old bait and switch when it comes to Connor and uh, Connor fighting Habib on this one. I think he understands how long we have fan, how we as fans have waited to see Tony and Habib. I think that when we are able to resume fights, that is still going to be priority numero uno is Tony and Habib for the 155 pound belt. Now saying that, I know he knows as a businessman how much money the rematch between Connor and Habib could generate. I do see that happening in Russia in the next couple of years where they can have a whole stadium sold out and you know all the publicity that could possibly happen with the UFC machine going in with it. Uh, but I just think for this next fight, I think I think it's just got to be it's got to be Habib and Tony. Otherwise, there would be such a uproar, not only amongst the hardcores, but the casuals and everybody else, because this fight has been skipped over or been unable to happen so many times. As soon as it's available to happen, we got to get Tony and Habib first. And then I think Connor will will fit into the equation uh, afterwards, whether it's Habib or Tony, to be honest with you. So big Jim, great question, my friend. Thank you so much. And now, ladies and gentlemen, a very cool feature on our show today, my interview with LFA standout 135-er Justin Wetzel. 10-0 as an Ami, 5-1 as a pro, coming off his huge debut on the LFA just a few months back. Justin Wetzel's interview is something you guys are going to want to hear. Hope you check it out and enjoy it. Hello, everybody out there in CSW land. We are so happy to have our new guest today. 135er LFA stud, Justin Wetzel. Justin, thank you so much for joining us today, buddy. Hey, thanks for having me, Rhino. It's good to be on the show. I heard your show before. Pretty excited to be on it, man. Very cool, bro. So, uh, yeah, for those of you who don't know, this segment on the show is called 10 Rounds with Rhino. We're going to go ahead and dive right in with our first question for, uh, for Mr. Wetzel here. So, Justin, a question I try to ask all of my guests, because uh, I just find it so fascinating and interesting, is, what got you into the sport of MMA? Man, that is a uh, this is a crazy and long uh, well, I got a crazy and long answer for you, man. But uh, okay, I'll just go right in. So uh, I was 17. I had re- I was wrestling in high school and stuff, and uh, so I guess you could say that was my background. But uh, it started with me and a group of buddies and some girls were uh, playing mini golf in the summer, and uh, one of my buddies was trash talking this group in front of us for some i don't know why you know we're just dumbass kids we're awesome so we can just talk shit we're invincible to anyone calls them right. some names whatever and uh think nothing of it hour goes by that group ahead of us is long gone we're like on the 15th 16th <laughs> or some shit. and next thing you know dude you hear this honk and I, let me let me go back a little bit i'm from a small town about 15,000 people in illinois so kind of everyone knows everyone but uh, this car rolls up to the golf course, and it's like it was like one of those clown cars, dude. Like, 
I kid you not, people are piling out of this car. Another car pulls up, another car pulls up, and like people of all ages, ethnicities, gender, like little kids, older ladies, construction worker type dudes, the group that was originally there, pull up on this golf course, roll up to us and like circle us. And Whoa. like, hey, you want to call us names now? Blah, 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 blah. You know, just got in our faces. Nothing ended up happening. We didn't get hurt. We kind of just bitched out and made like, looked like little punks, right? But <laughs> sure. after that happened, um, you know, brother's like, man, we got to like learn how to defend ourselves. Something like we were got our ass beats there. We don't know what to do. So we started, uh, training together really at, uh, like uh, at his backyard on trampoline, watching YouTube videos and stuff like that, doing like little grappling moves. Cause we had rust and stuff before. Um, so we started doing that and that was in the summer going into my senior high school. And then once, uh, I was in my high school, uh, my senior year, we, uh, <laughs> this, this is going to sound crazy, bro. But we organized like a high school fight club and we like would match make people in school, myself being one of them, into like having fights after the park, after school. Holy shit. That was my first experience in a fight. Yeah, dude, I'm telling you, like, um, I was the first fight in the park and uh, we, uh, <laughs> it, it was like, I guess you could say it was my first experience in a fight because like it was like the week of school, like the fight was scheduled for that Friday or whatever. And I remember people would come up and I was like, you're going to get your ass beat. You suck. <laughs> you can't fight. And then I get to the park and I kid you not, there's like 50 kids from like high school there, like in a circle. And the guy I'm supposed to fight or whatever is like already dressed. Got his, like he had MMA gloves and a mouthpiece and everything, man. Wow. And, so that was my first like experience of it. And I ended up beating his ass, choked him out. And the feeling I got from that was amazing. And I was like, man, this is great. I'm going to do this after I, I graduate and shit. So there was no turning back from that point. Yeah, man. So I guess that was my first, like, taste of nerves, too. Like, driving to the park. I see this crowd of people. I got an opponent, like, you know, jumping, warming up and getting ready to fight me and shit. So, long story <laughs> that's, short. Yeah. That's, I that's, guess you could say how crazy. I got into it. Yeah, dude. Um, kind of switching gears a little bit from that one, Justin. I think a lot of young fighters uh, make the mistake of not having enough AMI fights before they decided to turn pro. Um, I was older before I turned professional, so I only had I only had six AMI fights, but you had 10. And you, interestingly enough, you went 10 and 0. Um, I think 10 to 15 is the right number of AMI fights to have. You know, that way you're not breaking down your body. You're getting a lot of experience. What would you say were some of your biggest takeaways from the 10 AMI fights before turning into pros? Like, what do you think you improved on the most or what did you learn the most from that experience? Uh, really kind of the mental buildup of things. Um, I think, I, I think it's good to do like, you know, maybe two fights a year. Like I, mine was two, about two fights a year for five years, which is 10 fights. And, uh, I think a big takeaway was like understanding, like, this is different. Like I wrestled a lot and, you know, I thought going into it, you know, it was just like a wrestling match, like type deal, like same feeling of com competition. But once you're in that case, like it's different with wrestling. Cause you know, you weigh in like every, like multiple times a week. But with the fight, you know, it's a buildup and it's a different kind of, how do you say it? Like men mental stress, if you will, working up to that buildup. And I've seen it before with other people that have competed that kind of just froze out there their first like a couple amateur fights because it's just completely different. So more so than just the punches and kicks like that you can take away from the amateur fights, being prepared and getting that calmness before the storm feeling, I think was one of my bigger takeaways from uh, my amateur career being comfortable. Yeah, abs absolutely, dude. I know you're uh, you're an Illinois guy, but you, you've been training out in Colorado for a long time. Um, 
Have you noticed a difference in the altitude, how it's helped you with your cardio and the training at high altitude in Colorado, as opposed to, because I'm a a fellow Midwesterner, I'm in Michigan, so we don't have that here. Did you notice moving out there, how you really, it took a while to get acclimated to, but once you did, your cardio improved? Yeah, um, man, it was awful, dude. Um, It, but how can I describe it? You take, you take a big deep breath after you're already tired a couple minutes in doing normal shit you would normally do, and you get like 0% oxygen in return, and your lungs are white hot. It took me a solid month and a half, you know, five or six weeks before I was finally used to it and acclimated to it. And I can say, yeah, it definitely helps, uh, helps your cardio, especially if you go fight at, uh, say, sea level. So I fought last yeah. month in, in uh, Iowa. And, uh, I remember the, like I flew in Wednesday or Thursday, the fight was Saturday and I was trying to get some shakeouts in, you know, get some workouts in before the fight day. And I was trying to like make myself get tired doing workouts. And I, man, my lungs just felt clear. They just, I, I felt like I had that extra, extra bit of t- gas in the tank. So I, I, I'm definitely, awesome. definitely a believer in it, man, but had to go through the ringer for that first two months. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, speaking of speaking out in Colorado where you're training right now, let's give a little shine to your coaches and your training partners. Who uh, who are you training under out there, and who are some of your main uh, training partners at your gym in uh, Colorado? Yeah, definitely. So uh, my coaches, uh, Elliot Marshall, uh, Cody Donovan, Christian Allen. Uh, it's kind of, a, you know, it's a conglomerate of coaches. It's not just one single sure. coach that's uh, helping sure. us all out. And as my main training, like, training partners, uh, i got to say my biggest takeaway has been uh, – Having Corey Sanhagen as one of my main training partners, man. He's uh, I truly not a bad one to not, not not a bad one to have, my man. <laughs> not at all. I, I truly believe, man. He's gonna be the uh, he's the best band weight in the world, and he's gonna be the champion. It's just a matter of time. And I there's a reason why you don't see anybody calling him out. There, you know, I was uh, I was watching Dom Cruz a while back on Air Hawani, and he's very uh, intellectual. You would say when he talks shit about other fighters. So he was going through like why he doesn't got to fight this guy, why this guy sucks, why this guy's that, whatever. He finally got to uh, he got to Corey, and all he could come up with was Corey. He's like, "Oh, I'm not going to fight that guy. Why? He's got ten Instagram followers. Yeah, no thanks." Like everyone else was, <laughs> was talking shit about like their technical fighting abilities, right? Because Dom knows he's seen him fight. He's commentated his fights for. He knows he's legit. So. Yeah, there's no there's no way you couldn't improve. That's the old uh, adage of the iron sharpens iron kind of a deal right there. What a great training partner to have. And what a great group of coaches. For those of you who don't know, I mean, Elliot Marshall has been in the game a long time. Former, He's a tough alum, former UFC fighter himself. Yeah, you've got a great group of guys out there to be training with. That's, that's fucking fantastic. And I think we're definitely seeing the, uh, the benefits with your career as it progresses. Um, so now we're all living kind of that quarantine life right now. I mean, I know you're working still, but... Uh, what are some of the like workouts or things you're able to do, you know, with, with everybody not being able to be participating at full strength? Yeah, so my uh, I train at uh, Landau Performance, which is my strength conditioning gym, and they're still sending me workouts to do at home. But with all that being said, man, it, it's not even close to the same. You know, training two or three times a day, being in the gym, and it's I'm doing what I can to stay in shape. I, I did a did a secret wrestling practice with uh, some buddies. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. But damn, fair enough. It, uh, <laughs> it, the conditioning is it doesn't take long for it to fall off, man. We'll just say that. But honestly, during this time, um, I've been uh, trying to fill the void with with work and just trying to make as much money as I can during this time. Because when I when I'm in my train 
when I'm when it's regular life, like I'm in a fight camp, I uh, I work and do what I can to like you know pay my bills for the month and get by, so, but so I can train full time. But during this time, I've been doing uh, shopping for people for uh, grocery shopping, and I've honestly been doing that from like 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. till the stores close, and it's been fairly lucrative, actually, man. Um, I actually I was telling you before I got here, I was uh, working or whatever, and I just got in the door. I was finishing up some orders for some people. So I, that's what I've been doing. My, my regular job is uh, youth sports for the city of Denver. But with everything going on right now, um, that's been shut down. So I was kind of worried for a little bit with uh, loss of income. And, you know, my fight got canceled, too. So that was probably a couple grand I lost from winning that fight if that right. were to happen. So I've just been doing this to kind of pick up some side income and it's actually been really good you know the whole shutdown and everything sucks but it's when the door shuts in your face an opportunity is going to open some other door is going to yeah open. you got to find yeah i say it all the time you got to find a silver lining to the great cloud i totally agree with you and that's that's awesome that you've uh, you found you're able to been able to way to do that and i know the people who you're delivering the grocery store are super appreciative of it as well so that's win-win if you ask me um, so when you are doing your workouts, Justin, what are some of the bands or some of the songs that are on the playlist, uh, with you going on right now with your workouts? Like right now at home? Yeah. Uh, man, I'm into, I'm into pretty much anything with a guitar. I like, uh, I like electric music too. I'm not a big fan of any country or rap. I mean, I'll listen to some shitty hip hop here and there. I call it catchy shitty music, but it's going to be, you know, your rock metal or like, like electric, uh, almost EDM style music too. You know, got to throw in some dub stuff in there. Yeah, for sure. Do you have like a Do you have a favorite matchup or a favorite fight that you ever saw that really sticks out in your mind? Is like, dude, this was the fight. I, I think about this fight often. I love this fight. This fight motivates, inspires me. Is there one that kind of sticks out that you've seen over time? Like one of my fights, or like or it could be one. It could, no, yeah, not one of your fights. A fight that you saw two other dudes fight we were like fuck like for me being lawler uh lawler mcdonald too that's probably my favorite mma fight of all time something like that is one of those stick out for you let's see i well, i'm sure there is let me think of this real quick um uh, man uh you know not to like hop on the bango but Corey's fight with lineker man that was that was a technical masterpiece man and for sure just like i i I've really, since I moved here and been training with him, I've been really trying to emulate my style to be just like his because what he's doing works. And whenever I watch his fights, man, it's just technical mastery is the best way I can describe it. And, you know, it might not be crazy barn burner fights, like, for example, the Long Donald, but just uh, watching him perform, man, and seeing what he does in the gym and he takes that into the cage, uh, it, that is so motivating to me because I know how I do with him and I know that I'm doing the right things. And if I can follow and like kind of what he, with what he's doing, I can perform just like him. No, that's absolutely true. And now no one's going to give you any shit for picking a teammate, dude. They're, uh, first of all, <laughs> Corey, you're right, is absolutely incredible to watch. That Lineker fight absolutely stands out as a really uh, interesting and technical fight and had a lot of ebb and flows to it. So no, that's definitely one that I would absolutely co-sign on. Uh, so Justin, I know this is, is, this is the 10th round of the Rhino right here. And if you've ever listened to the show or for my listeners, you guys all know the 10th round is always the weird, obscure out of the box. You really got to put your thinking cap on fucking deal. So here we go. You ready for it, my man? All right. <clears throat> so, 
you are now living in Colorado, which has a rich history of like old West. Right. So, so let's just fucking pretend we're in the 1880s. It's the fucking Cowboys and it's the, it's the territory times. So in the Colorado territory, the Wetzel gang is notorious for its boozing, fighting, and all being a bunch of ladies' men. You're obviously the ringleader, but you need four other guys to ride with you in your gang. Who of the entire landscape of pro MMA are the four other pro MMA fighters who would be in the Wetzel gang? Any pro, any MMA fighters? Yep, in the whole world, bro, from current or former. God damn, man. Well, I'm probably gonna have to be biased. I gotta pick some boys, you know, that I know I can keep, I can, I can lay it out with, and I can trust. So I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go Miguel Perez, Evan Arredondo. Uh, let's see what else we got. Uh, shit, two more, two more, yeah, two, two more. more. It's gotta be Corey, dude's a fucking killer. Uh, let's see, one more, one more. I'll take Cody Donovan too. That dude's like a barbarian. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we, we've got those four guys as far as the Wetzel guy. I'll tell you, I'll tell you who the Rhino went with over here, dude. I Look went. Here, with, uh, me... I, I went. I went with Francis and Ganu. I went with uh, GSP. I went with Fedor, and then finally Michelle Waterson just will get something like really pretty to look at on those okay. long rides through the desert. Who also can, in fact, kick ass. So those are my. That's my crew. That's your crew. Fucking dude, that was an awesome fucking, uh, that was an awesome lineup you just picked there. So, yeah, Justin, you've gone through your 10 rounds with Rhino, my man. We've been talking since, uh, I think since last January about getting you on the show. So, I'm really glad we were able to finally uh, get that checked off the list, dude. Yeah, man, me too. Uh, I like listening to your show since we talked. I've been listening to your podcast, man. It's been awesome, and I'm uh, glad to be on. That was a quick 10 rounds, bro. I know, bro. It's, it seems to go so. I mean, it was really it was it was over 15 minutes. It just seems to go so fast when you uh, when you start. But yeah, dude, we really really appreciate you having on, and we're all going to be sticking uh, sticking tuned to looking at the rest of your career. We'll be following along. I know. Uh, just so everybody knows, Justin's in the LFA right now. His last fight, he knocked the dude out in 21 seconds. He's a fucking killer. We all look forward to seeing what's going on for the rest of your career, and uh, we'll be following you along, my man. So. Justin, like I like to ask most of my guests uh, after your next fight or maybe your next two, we'd love to check back in with you and have you on again and just kind of see what's been going on from uh, from now until then, if that's cool with you. Oh, yeah, man. Hopefully we can get something here and this lockdown shit ends and, uh, you know, get the career back track, man. Yeah, I think, you know, I think sooner rather than later, it's, it's things are going to start to mellow out and we'll be able to kind of get back to some semblance of normalcy. So uh, once again, man, for Combat Sports with Rhino, we really appreciate Justin Wessel being on, and uh, we will talk to you soon, sir. Hell yeah, man. Thanks. Holy smokes. What a fun interview with Justin, man. Like I, like I said before, we don't – it's not always going to be some real big name, established name in MMA. We love getting fighters on the come up, man, so that we can follow people – uh, throughout their career from, you know, for, when we first start hearing about them to wherever they get to, you know, in the ascension of their career. So what a cool guy to talk to. What a great job he's doing out there in Colorado, uh, delivering groceries to people who need them. Very, very cool. Uh, thank you, Justin, again so much. So now we're getting to the point of our show where I'd love to give my shout-outs. Uh, I got to give a big shout-out to Cyrus, Antonio, Ryan, Jason, and Jim, 
for their questions, both writing and calling. And uh, of course, to my man D Reigns, my engineer, uh, who couldn't I couldn't do the show without you, my brother. And of course, Andrea, the uh, the Twitter queen of question reading for me. But uh, at this point, I normally I do my normal shout outs for everybody else in the Rhino Gang. And believe me, I appreciate and love all you guys so much. But um, this one is going to be a little bit different. I wanna I wanna take this time to. Uh, ask us all to please give Gina, also known as G from OTV and the Wocast, in our in our hearts today. Uh, G lost a very special person in her family um, the other day to the coronavirus. So, G, we are so sorry for your loss. So many of us on here in our community uh, love you and we're thinking of you. So please, please remember that, that we, uh, we're with you. If you need to reach out to any of us, I'm sure we would be more than happy, myself included, obviously, to, uh, to talk or just to listen. So we're so sorry for your loss, G, and thank you for all you do. And you're so very important to us. So uh, we'll talk to you soon, I hope. Uh, so now, once again, I want to say how much I love all the Rhino gang, love all my friends and uh, family, please stay inside, everybody. This is serious shit. Um, let's stay inside. Let's stay safe. Let's stay together. Be cool. Be kind to each other. Not only uh, to your friends and family who you see or talk to a lot, but people on social media. It's a time where we're all sick of being inside. We're all cooped up. A lot of people are a little bit on edge. Well, come on, let's be nice and be cool to each other. So uh, as far as next week goes, we have a very very cool guest next week. I'm gonna it's gonna remain nameless for now, but I will give you a couple hints. UFC fighter, top 10 ranked. These are your hints for next week. So for everybody here at the Combat Sports with Rhino Podcast, we want to say we will talk to you and see you next week. Cage side.